Greetings to everyone joining us for a new episode of the European Hoops podcast. We cover the EuroLeague and the top FIBA events. I am André and with me our basketball expert Diogo Valente. Hi André, hi guys. Hope everything is okay with y'all. We are here for another episode of the European Hoops podcast. Hopefully you guys stay with us and tune in for the rest of our episodes. André, let us know man, what are we talking about today? After going over all the eight groups and all the 32 teams within all of those groups, we bring you our views of what to expect during this World Cup in a two-part episode that we expect to be very entertaining as we will give you guys our power rankings, how we expect teams to rank, what we expect to see from those teams during the competition. We will bring you guys the top games to watch and why we expect those games to be the most entertaining ones and games that you guys should tune in for. And we will also bring you who are the top players within this uh, World Cup. And that's that was a very hard rank to, to make, our top 10 players of this World Cup. And uh, we will get right to it. Are you ready, Duke? Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I think this has the potential to be one of our most entertaining episodes yet. So I think it's going to be hella fun, man. Let's go. I'm very excited about it. And we will waste no time and we will start by looking at uh, the top players of this competition. Full disclosure here, we had to consider several factors uh, that go besides the talent of each individual player, how far we expect their teams to go, how impactful those players will be on the chances of their team. And while some players' raw talent is undeniable, uh, we also tried to as much as possible to, to to preview and to predict how these players will perform under FIBA rules and uh, during this uh, FIBA World Cup. So we will start with our honorable mentions and uh, I we will get right to it and you guys will see that uh, we have players here that certainly would be in discussion to the top 10. I have eight honorable mentions. What about you, Diogo? Yeah, I have four. I I could have eight. Like originally, I had like eight, nine, ten guys, but uh, I didn't want it to to stretch the list out as much, so I I tried to cut it to four or five. So I have four guys in my honorable list. Very well. So I will give you four. You give me your four, and then I finish with my last four. I have right. J- Jalen Brunson, Michael Bridges, Brandon Ingram, and Tyrese Halliburton. This player's talent, there is no discussion about that, about them. They are very talented players and they are in competition to be some of the most talented players within this World Cup. I just think that in a team with so much depth and with so much talent as United States, uh, I decided not to include more than two players in the top 10. Uh, and I have two American players in the, the top 10. But uh, I thought that... Uh, I should make mention to all of these four players that uh, talent-wise, they are up there with almost anyone in this competition. What about you? Okay, I just want to say uh, I have one uh, American player in my top 10 and I didn't put any of them Ooh. in my honorable mentions because the oh, truth wow. is I could have just went with the other 11 guys in my honorable mentions. It, w- it would be fair just based on their talent. So uh, I didn't want to do that. That's why I don't have American players in my honorable mentions. But uh, obviously, all the guys that you mentioned are incredible players. And if this was just a, a talent list, I could put any of them in the top 10 for sure. But, um, but again, I don't have them here, but I totally understand your, your decision to have them. 
So you so, are making an honorable mention to the American team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can, you can say it like that. I, I think it's fair. <laughs> uh, so yeah, my honorable mentions are uh, Vucevic from Montenegro, Josh Giri from Australia, Rudy Gobert oh. from France, and Jonas Valanciunas from Lithuania. <laughs> I think all of these guys could have a case to, to make it to the top 10. I just think as far as Vucevic, uh, I don't know if Montenegro can go that far to, to really have him as a top player in this tournament, which, of course, in terms of talent and his resume, obviously he is. But, uh, I mean, right now, uh, being an older guy and Montenegro not being uh, like a, a top five team or top seven, eight team, I, I just had him as honorable mention. Josh Giri, uh, I, I wanted to put him in the top 10, but I think Australia is more like a, a collective effort and I think he, I think he's the best player on that team. Don't get me wrong, but I think it can be one game Patty Mills going off for twenty five. Another game it can be uh, Dante Exum or Josh Green or Tybal Ingles. I mean, they have so many guys that obviously I think he's the best player. But I just think as a group, that's their strong suit is to play as a team, both on offense and on defense. So I didn't have Giddy in the top ten. Rudy Gobert, I, I have another French player in the top 10, so I didn't want to put two. I think as far as impact goes, I, I think Gobert is a top 10 most impactful player in this tournament. But I, you, I, I, I like guys that can play on both sides. And uh, unfortunately, Rudy Gobert is kind <laughs> of a liability offensively. So I, don't, I didn't really want to give him that, that top 10 uh, credit. But he's obviously one of the most impactful players in the tournament. And then Valenciunas, it's kind of similar to Vucevic. Uh, I think he's one of the best players in the competition, but I don't think the Lithuanian team is like a top five team. So it's kind of the same argument for Valenciunas as it is for Vucevic. But uh, Vucevic can stretch the floor and Valenciunas, sometimes, if he plays against the Clippers, he can do it. But other than that, <laughs> not really. <laughs> so yeah, these are my four honorable mentions. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's this is my reaction. Wow. Okay, this will be interesting. First of all, I'm really so I we haven't shared with each other our top tens so to make this interesting, and um, I will certainly understand why you will rank certain players and exclude other players from the top ten. But I am really truly looking forward for your arguments to have. 10 players above Josh Giddy on the this FIBA World Cup. That's something I'm very excited about and I'm looking forward to listening to it. I have two players that you also do uh, in Jonas Valanciunas and Nikola Vucevic for exactly the same reasons. I do think that if their teams are able to go far in this World Cup, it will be a lot on them and they are yeah, in the mix absolutely. to be considered uh, top 10 players in this uh, FIBA World Cup. But I do think they are slightly below in terms of creation and the ability to impact the game as much as other players that I have here. And that's why I I have them outside of my top 10 and, and as honorable mentions. And then I have here two players that was extremely hard for me to exclude them on my top 10. They have been as high as eight, one of them at a point. But I decided to go with other two players at uh, nine and 10. And I'm having, as honorable mentions, Evan Fournier and Franz Wagner. And the Franz Wagner was a very hard one to keep out of the top 10. 
but the, these were the players that end up not making my final cut. And let's get to it. Let's uh, go to our top 10. And uh, I can start in 10th place. I have Jaron Jackson Jr. It's my one yeah. of the two American players I have in my top 10. While my top eight players end up being clear, even if the order could vary uh, the between the, the eight players that I had, that I will have on the top of this top 10. The positions 9 and 10 were very hard for me to define. Uh, Franz and Fournier were certainly players, and uh, even Ingram and Michael Bridges, Tyrese Alliburton and Jalen Brunson had a place near this top 10. I went with Jaron Jackson, as I think that his two-way ability and his inside presence being maybe the most dominant factor of this whole World Cup. I think he can compete to be the most dominant player this World Cup, even if I don't expect him to come out of the competition as an MVP, and that's why I have him intent. His ability to defend and to impact the game it will be up there with almost anyone. And uh, that's why Jaron Jackson Jr. is my 10th player of my final top 10. Are you surprised with having Jaron here? And who do you have? No, I'm not surprised. Uh, when you said earlier that you had two American players on your top 10 and you had um, Ellie Burton, Mikael, uh, Brunson, and who was the other one? Ingram? Ingram. Yeah, when you had those four as one of the I was like, yeah, he has Jaron in the top 10. So I kind of assumed that already. Um, again, uh, I don't have Jaron in here because of the reasons I stated earlier. Uh, I think that whole team is so talented that I didn't want to have multiple players in here. But at number 10, I have Simon Fontecchio from Italy. Now, I know at first this may sound a bit, I wouldn't say shocking, but unexpected. Uh, and especially because you, you were surprised I didn't have Giddy in the top 10. And the way I differentiate these two guys is like, like I said, Giddy, I think any given game can be Patty Mills or another guy showing up and being the best player on the floor. Uh, I think for Italy, I think Fontecchio is the guy that stands out like on a consistent basis. And obviously, he is a, a very good player as well. Uh, I just think that in terms of scoring and consistency for that Italian team, because all the other guys around him, they're again, they're, the team is built around him. He's the best player, and he's the guy that stands out on any given game uh, with guys like Melli and other guys facilitating for him. So I think he ends up being the standout for that Italian team. So he's my number 10. I love Fontecchio. I love the Italian team. And I'm very happy that you are ranking him on 10th and within your top 10. I wouldn't have him above Giri, but we will get to that when I speak about Giri. So let <laughs> me get to my number 9 place. I have Rudy Gobert. Uh, Gobert ranks ninth on my power rankings. I expect France to have a good run in this tournament, even if I have expressed my questions that uh, we will need to track regarding them during the competition. And please do go back to our previews of the, all the groups, and in this case of Group H, to hear uh, our breakdowns of France and all the other teams. It comes down to within a team that is a middle contender and deserves to to have a player in this top 10 who is the most important player and the, most of the times in previous competitions my choice would have been over and over again Evan Fournier. But this time around, I 
think that for France to be successful, we will need to see a super dominant Gobert. I think he comes in good shape and he will be ready to compete at a very high level in the during this World, World Cup. And if we don't see this uh, super high level Gobert, I think we can see France having some trouble. And that's why he is my ninth ranked player on this top 10. And while in terms of talent, certainly we have other players that I mentioned before that would have a case to be in this position. But uh, with my top eight being locked, this uh, ninth and 10 positions, I went with the players I expect to have more impact above the, the more talented players. And those are my reasons to have Gobech at number nine. Yeah, I obviously I understand it. Uh, like I said before, I have Gobert in my honorable mentions, and, but we'll get to why I have this other French player in my top 10 <laughs> instead of Gobert when I, when I get there. Uh, my number nine is Franz Wagner from Germany. Um, while I do think Franz is the best overall player for that team, uh, I don't think he's the most impactful player. So I, I do have another Germany player in my top 10. But I have friends at number nine. I just think his skill level at that size, his ability to play on both both ends of the floor, and being the second best player, the second playmaker for that team, like he's just able to do so many things for them. And he, I think he brings a level of consistency for that German team that is just unmatched. So uh, I have friends at number nine. Very well, and it's a very well deserved. Friends is one of the players I think can blow during this World Cup. I rank in eight Danish Schroeder and uh, for exactly the same reasons. And I wonder if I am too low on him. It might very well be. He might deserve to be higher than this number eight. Germany is one of my favorites in the World Cup. And if they win it all, wouldn't Schroeder be the favorite to MVP? I think so. I think he would. But... Uh, could that mean that uh, France took such a big step forward and took such a leap and that he became the number one player on this team? Both scenarios are certainly on the table and I think it's fair to, to rank them very close to each other. Uh, I went with Schroeder because I think that right now uh, he is the more important player in this team, but uh, he does have a better supporting cast than other players that I rank ahead of him in this uh, top 10 and that's why I rank Danny Schroeder in my number 8 what about you do? yeah I first of all I totally agree with that choice of having Schroeder ahead of Friends even though like I said before I think Friends overall is a better player but for this format absolutely Danny Schroeder I think is the, the most impactful player for Germany uh, my number 8 I have Bogdan Bogdanovic from Serbia uh, I think with Jokic and Misic uh, not playing and Nedovic, Nedovic too. With those three guys not playing, I think Bogdanovic is going to be the guy. Uh, they have a, a good roster around him and around the bigs, Petrosev and Milutinov. But I think it starts and ends with Bogdan Bogdanovic. I think his ability to create shots and to make shots, uh, I think that's going to be the, the key factor for Serbia to be able to compete with the top teams. And I, I think he is capable of producing it, uh, of producing at that level. So I think... Bogdanovic is going to have a hell of a World Cup and I think Serbia will be able to compete with those teams because of him. So I have him number eight. 
And I have him on my number seven and the tie break <laughs> between Bogdanovic and Schroeder was hard. It came down to the player that is the clear number one within the, his team. And that is why Bogdanovic uh, is ranked in seven and Schroeder is number eight. Because for me, while Schroeder has a 1B player on Franz Wagner, Serbia is on the good side of the bracket and we can see them fight to be on a medal game. And... Uh, beyond the fight for the European European Olympic slot. All of that is only possible with the best version of Bogdanovic. And as we have seen over and over again, that is an MVP contender at the FIBA level. And uh, that's why I rank Bogdanovic as my seventh player and I expect good things from him during this uh, World Cup. Who do you have at seven? Okay, this is where I have Evan Fournier. And I'm going to explain why I have him over Gobert. Um, I agree that Gobert is a very impactful player, but I disagree that he is more impactful for France than uh, Fournier. Uh, here's why. Uh, I think France's biggest problem is offensively, not defensively. Because other than Fournier, they don't really have a lot of shot creators or shot makers. Nando Di Colo is getting older, and I think he's more of a facilitator now. And they do have Elio Cobo uh, coming off the bench, but that's really about it. They, they don't have much more. So I think whatever they can do in this World Cup is depending on how much Evan Fournier can produce offensively. So I think, obviously, we've seen him playing in FIBA formats before. He is highly capable of producing at a high level, and they do have a good roster around him. But shot creation is, in, in fact, uh, an uh, aspect of the game that they lack other than him. So I think this is the reason why he's more impactful for this team than Rudy Gobert. I do see your point of view. I just look at it slightly differently. While Fournier is the most important offensive creator for France, I think that uh, he is more replaceable than Gobert is inside of this roster. And that's why I went with Gobert and he went with Fournier. Both arguments are certainly valid. And I will move on to the number six, where I have the great, one of the best players of this uh, FIBA World Cup. And the reason why I have on my top 10 and ranked in sixth place, Josh Giddy. Giddy already shown that he is without doubt the number one player for Australia. They will have a hard path all the way, but uh, he will likely shine and be one of the brightest spots during this tournament. His impact on the game, his ability to create for himself and to create for others and his positional size for me will be keys for Australia to be able to compete and try to fight for medals in this World Cup. And that's why I think he is my sixth ranked player between all the players on this tournament. Yeah, I'm not mad at that at all. <laughs> and you can confirm it like before we we had our top 10 rankings uh, defined, we were talking like it's possible that I might have a guy at top three that you don't have in the top 10. Like, yeah, absolutely. Even though there are so many stars missing the World Cup, there's still so much talent that this list could go several ways, several different ways. But uh, I'm not mad at Giddy. Like I said, I, I think Australia, whatever they do is due to their collective effort. And I just think they have so many guys around Giddy that I just don't think he's going to be that much of a standout compared to the rest of the guys on that team. But he's absolutely one of the best players in this World Cup. And I, I'm not mad at him at number six at all. <laughs> uh, for my number six, I have Dennis Schroeder. Uh, kind of the same reasons you presented before. I, I think he's, as the primary playmaker, the leading scorer, the leading uh, 
the guy with the most assists, like he's the guy leading the way for Germany, even though France is, I don't know, I'm not going to say more impactful. I think because he's able to produce on both sides at a high level, uh, you could argue France, but uh, I think Schroeder is clearly the leader of this team. And I think if they go far, it's because of Dennis Schroeder producing at a high level because he's their best playmaker, he's their best scorer, and I think he's the, the leader emotionally for that team. He brings the energy, he, he plays with so much pace, and I, I just love watching Germany play, and a big part of that is Dennis Schroeder. So I have him at number six. It becomes obvious when you are watching Germany, his, uh, the minutes that he's on and off the floor and the impact that he has on the game. He, liter he literally is the leader of this team and uh, he performs yeah. at a very, very high level for them and uh, ranking him on the top six is very fair. I had him an eight and as I said, maybe I am too low. It just came down to other players. I see them as uh, more important for the, the success of their teams while Schroeder has a great sidekick kick on the Franz Wagner. My fifth is Lauri Markkanen. Lauri is a early contender to be one of the top scorers of this FIBA World Cup. Being on the group of that, it makes it hard for the for the Finnish national team to, to get far. But the ability to lead your underdog team out of that group of that makes it even all more impressive of uh, your bid to be one of the top players in this tournament and Lauri will be trying to achieve that with this Finnish national team. He has the talent, he has the ability to perform, we have seen him doing over and over again. He's more and more one of the top players in the world and certainly he will be showing that during this World Cup and that's why I, I rank him in fifth place. Who do you have in fifth? At fifth place I have Lauri Markkinen. <laughs> <laughs> Very well. Yeah, we agree here. Uh, at originally, I had him like top three, but uh, because I don't have Finland advancing to the to the top 16, uh, it was kind of hard to put him ahead of these other guys. Uh, I do think he's one of the best players in the World Cup for sure. Maybe for his team, the most impactful player outside of Luka. Uh, I think the things he's able to do with this uh, Finland team is just awesome to watch because They don't really have another NBA player. He's clearly the leader. But the guys around him, that whole group fits so well together. He has shooters and he can play almost every position on the floor for that team. So his impact is crazy to watch. And I, I just love watching Laura Markman play for Finland. And I think they're going to be a very good team in the World Cup. It just sucks that their group is literally the hardest group in, <laughs> in the World Cup. But uh, I think I still think he's going to perform at a very high level, and I, I can't wait to watch those games. I had him also in the three to five range. Uh, it came down to how far I expect Finland to go, and with Lauri, if he's able to improve his playmaking for for others and his passing game, he will really be uh, one of the top players in the world for many many years. But uh, let's waste no time here and go to our my number four, and then in fourth I have Anthony Edwards. He is the number one player for this American team. It became clear that uh, even if he's still extremely young and his game is still improving and maturing, he's ready for the responsibility and the American coaching staff trust him to do it. 
expect high level performances and it will come down to when the lights are the brightest and the games are tighter how good he will be able to be but uh, he deserves to, to be on my top four and he's my fourth ranked player who do you have okay i, I think we have the same four now but uh, <laughs> i think your um, your three is my four and your four is my three Very well. uh, at four i have carl anthony Towns. Now, the reason I have Cat at four, I think he's one of the top three players in the in this World Cup. But uh, I don't think the Dominican Republic will do as good as the top teams. Like, I th- I think they're going to advance to the top sixteen, but I think it's going to be tough after that. Even though I think they are going to be competitive, but obviously Cat with his ability to to play the four or the five, to shoot the threes at the rate that he does to be a rim protector in Fable format, uh, a very good defender at this level, I believe. So I think he's going to be able to, to have a great World Cup run. And I think he's number four in my ring. I do have Towns in my third spot. Uh, you guessed it, right? I think yeah. the reasons for me, it comes down to, I think he should be incredible under Fable rules. And uh, he's the clear best player of his team, while uh, Anthony Edwards has a team that is filled with talent. I expect uh, Towns' uh, numbers to be off the charts and the Dominican Republic is on the side of the bracket that can allow them to dream if he's able to lead the, this country to a medal game or to lock the American Olympic slot, even if I don't favor them to do so, but they are on the side of the bracket that allows them to dream to do that. There is a chance that this rank might end up being too low and he's that talented but uh, I think he's a clear number three player in the, this World Cup. So let's continue and uh, you go ahead and give me your third ranked player. Yeah, at number three, I have Anthony Edwards. The reason I have him this high and I think the arguments I used against Josh Giddy can can work against me now because obviously USA has such an amazing team. But uh, I do think Ant is the guy on that team. And I... Do think USA is like one of the one of the favorites, if not the favorite, to win the World Cup, and I think he's the best player on the team. So I think there's a high chance he wins MVP of the World Cup. And in terms of talent, like he's up here as well. So uh, I think three or four with him and Cat. I think either way, uh, I think it's fine. But uh, he, just his talent, his confidence, he's just awesome to see that preparation game against Germany, where they ended the game on like a twenty-two to five run. And he was the guy leading the way. And Steve Kerr said it after the game, like he is unquestionably the guy on this team. So I'm very high on Ant for this World Cup. And I have a number three. And it's well-deserved because he's showing, he has a personality. He will be a superstar during many years. And uh, as we were speaking when we previewed their group, and again, go and listen to our previews of all the groups. It's worth it. You guys will have all the insights you need uh, heading to this World Cup. But as we discussed when we previewed this group, I was speaking about his game maturing and his show that uh, it, it doesn't matter. He's their number one player. He will play as their number one player. 
and we will see if he will hit some walls, if he will have some struggles. That's part of the, the improvement. But a thing is undeniable. His talent and the fact that he will be leading the American team and be one of the leaders of this American teams during many years if he wants to be part of it. And we will be enjoying to cover him on this uh, top FIBA events. He's a great player and uh, the future is really bright. Let's get to our top two. And I think we have the, the same top two. In number two, I have Shea Gillius Alexander. His driving ability might be the best in the world. And he's able to contribute on both sides of the court, being a good defender. He has shown flashes of adding even more tools to his game. And I am confident that uh, he will be leading Canada to a great campaign during this tournament. Do you also have him in number two? Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, I think the top two is pretty clear. Uh, I have Shai at number two. I think he has the ability. I think his game translates to FIBA rules very nicely because he's so good at driving to the basket. Like you said, he can shoot the three, he can shoot the mid-range. He can play in the post. He's a big guard. He can get to the basket. He can draw fouls at a high clip. And with FIBA rules only having five fouls to, to foul out, I think he can put a lot of guys, big guys and guards, in foul trouble. So I think he's going to be such a, a big factor for Canada in this World Cup. And I think he's going to have a hell of a run, for sure. And in number one, I can say that we have Luka Doncic. He's inc incredible. His ability to play, make and score is almost unmatched in this World Cup. The dimension that he adds in the basketball court and how he's able to elevate any team that he's on into a contender makes him my favorite to be the best player of this World Cup. I assume you're in agreement? Obviously, Luca is number one. Uh, there's an argument to be made that he is the best player in the world, not only for this World Cup, but just in the world period. Uh, and he's shown at the, the FIBA level, uh, whether it's Eurobasket, whether it's Olympics, whatever it is, playing for Slovenia, he's a, a hell of a player, man. He, the impact that he has on that team, just the difference. It's like night and day when he's on the court and when he's not. And uh, I think he's by far the best player on this World Cup. Know that you guys know who are the top players in this competition, despite of our disagreements. These are some guys you must be looking for to, to watch them playing and some guys to follow during this competition. We will now hit the bottom 10 places of our power rankings, leaving the top 22 of our power rankings for the second part of this special episode that will be coming out already tomorrow. So you guys won't have to wait too much for it. Let's look into what to expect from uh, all the teams during this competition. And without wasting any time, uh, any more time on my power rankings, I don't reflect only the strength of each roster. And uh, I also take into, into account the national team experience and their path during the competition. Are you ready to start hitting this bottom 10 of our power rankings? Yes, sir. I'm ready. Let's get into it, man. In 13th second, I have Angola. They are led by the NBA big man Bruno Fernando and uh, the dynamic guard Dundown. Angola ranks 13th second on my power ranking as they enter the World Cup as a transition focus aggressive team with some defensive potential. They lack 
some size in their backcourt. The lack of shooting is a big handle for them to overcome. I project them to be on the bottom of the competition as I see them being a team with the hardest path from all the teams to get one win during the competition, even if they aren't necessarily the least talented team from the whole tournament. They will face Italy, Philippines, and Dominican Republic on the first round. And in the second round, they are likely to face two out of China, Puerto Rico, and South Sudan, with me not favoring them to win against neither of these teams. In favor of Angola, they are the team with the easiest path to surprise me and to surprise during this World Cup, since I'm ranking them in 32nd place. Who do you have in last place from your power rankings? Well, I agree that it's Angola. And I also agree that with your last sentence, like it can only go up from here right <laughs> uh, i think th- their path is very hard their group is very hard uh, i do think they can be like a, a fun team to watch because they they have athletic guys that can run and i think those can be fun games but uh, as far as like talent compared to to the other team especially in their group uh, i just don't see them being able to compete at that level so i i also have them at 32 in 31st, making their historic debut in the FIBA World Cup, I have Cape Verde. They are a team that I'm ranking in 31st in my power rankings. They emerge as a feel-good story with their under, underdog journey and the leadership of Walter Tavares. The inconsistent playmaking and the lack of depth makes me to project them as one of the teams that I expect to finish without wins. And the reason for me to rank them above Angola is because I give them a fighting chance against Venezuela and maybe against Japan, even if I don't expect them to win either of those games. I think that they are closer to a win than Angola, and that's why I rank them above Angola. Who do you have on your 31st spot? Yeah, at 31st for me, uh, I have Egypt. I I think I definitely think they're they're finishing fourth in, in their group, and uh, I don't really see. Uh, a way where they they get a win. I, I mean, I don't know. It, it could be close, like on the second stage uh, with them and Jordan. Uh, I think that could be a, a close matchup. But uh, for now, I, I have Egypt at number 30, 31. They can surprise me, but uh, I, I just think I have them here for now. Because I just think that like there's not much of a difference in terms of talent in these bottom teams. Uh, so... You can flip those. I think it's super close, but I'm going to have Egypt number 31 for now. I'm slightly higher on Egypt than you, but I will be getting to them shortly. Returning for their fourth World Cup, Iran ends on my 30th place on my power rankings. They are led by the experienced Hamed Haddadi, and on their path, they should find Cote d'Ivoire and Lebanon. I'm not favoring them to win those matches, but... The games between those three teams can certainly be competitive ones, with Iran having upside to win this tournament as high as a top 24 finish. But uh, I do project them to win as one of the bottom four teams and without wins, and that's why I'm ranking them 30. Who do you have in 30? Yeah, 30, I have Jordan. Uh, Like I said, when I was was talking about Egypt, uh, I think it's super close between these two. Uh, I don't see see them being able to, to win a game in the group phase. And then I think if they match up on the second stage, I think it could go either way. But uh, I do not think that Jordan or Egypt are more talented than other teams I'm going to break down after. So I have Jordan at 30. I am slightly higher 
on Jordan, but not by much because I have them on 29. They are yeah. entering their third World Cup. They aim at securing their first win ever, led by their new addition, Ronde Ollis Jefferson. I am giving them the best player on the court advantage over a team like Iran. I also project them to end the competition winningless with uh, their games against Egypt and Mexico having the potential to be somewhat competitive, giving them also a top 24 place finish as their ceiling. But uh, these uh, bottom four teams are the teams that I project to end the competition without wins. And that's why I have Jordan in 29. Yeah, for my 29, I have uh, Cape Verde. You you talked about them already. I think Walter Tavares is a guy that can make a big difference in the FIBA format. And I think in their group, I, I'm not predicting them to win. But I think against Venezuela, it is possible that they can steal that game. Just because Venezuela lacks a bit of size and Walter Tavares obviously... He's one of the biggest dudes in the tournament. But uh, overall, uh, I just don't see them having enough talent and especially enough playmaking for them to, to get wins. So uh, I think it's going to be hard for them, but uh, I have them at 29. 28, I have Venezuela. They are in their fifth World Cup appearance and bringing into this tournament a blend of experienced players led by Michael Carrera and promising talents like Garlic Soho. Relying on their physical defense and transition play to be competitive, they face tough competition in a challenging group featuring Slovenia, Cape Verde and Georgia, with me expecting them to end in third place ahead of Cape Verde. In the second round, their best chance to a win is over Japan, as the other opponent that they will be likely facing is the loser between Finland, Germany and Australia, with me not favoring them to beat Japan, that uh, places them as my 28th ranked team, although I reckon that Venezuela is one of the teams with uh, the upside to beat my projections, I have them as one of the teams that I expect to finish with just one win, and that's why I'm ranking them in 28. Okay, my, my 28 is Iran. Uh, obviously with Adadi, a very experienced player. Uh, but I just think in terms of talent all around, uh, I think their roster is very limited. Uh, I think they have a tough group with Brazil, Spain and Ivory Coast. Uh, I think maybe they can give some troubles to Ivory Coast, but in the end, I just think Ivory Coast is better. So uh, I have Iran at 28 and uh, I think it's going to be hard for them to win games. On my 27th slot of my poll rankings, I have the Ivory Coast. They are on their fifth World Cup appearance and seek to capitalize on their FIBA AfroBasket success. And, ball and they have a balance of youthful energy with veteran experience aiming for a stronger performance than their previous 29th place finish. With uh, Vavessa Fonfana playing a key role for this uh, Ivory Coast team, while they face a challenging first round against Spain and Brazil, I am favoring them over Iran, what would place them in third within Group G, battling Lebanon on the second round for a top 24 finish in this World Cup. While I am projecting the Ivory Coast to end the tournament with one win, I give them better odds to fight for a second one than to Venezuela. That's why I rank them above Venezuela in my power rankings and I have them as my 27th team. Yeah, my 27 team is uh, Venezuela. Uh, I think they have a group that allows them to, to win a game and finish third. But uh, again, I do think they lack size. So I think it could be a problem facing Cape Verde. But in the end, I think they get that win. But uh, overall, I, I just think they lack a lot of size. And I think that's going to be a problem for them uh, 
during the the World Cup, not just the group stage. So uh, they might get a win. I think they will in the group phase. But after that, uh, I think it's going to be very hard. It's time for me to get why I rank Egypt higher than you do. I have them in 26th, a team that is making their seven World Cup appearance. For me, Gendy's scoring ability and Roy Rana's coaching experience gives them hope for, for them to have a good tournament. While I expect Lithuania and Montenegro to be favorites over them on round one, I give them a fighting chance against Mexico, even if they aren't favorites on that game. And I am favoring them over Jordan in the second round, projecting a top 28 finish for Egypt, with uh, them having top 24 upside if they are able to upset Mexico. I have seen better play from Egypt than the, from the Ivory Coast. And while it isn't clear, it isn't a given that they will be able to come out of this World Cup with more wins than the Ivory Coast, I have at this moment more trust on their ability to perform. And that's why I'm ranking them on 26. Yeah, uh, I understand it for sure. Uh, like I said, I, I think in this tier of teams, uh, I think it's so close between them that it could go either way. But for my 26, I, I have Mexico. Uh, in the first preparation games, they, they kind of disappointed me a lot, but uh, it has gotten better with time. So, But still, they're in my bottom tier. I have them as 26. I think they can beat, I think they are favorites to beat Egypt in the group phase. Uh, but after that, I, I also think it's going to be very tough for them. So uh, even though I think they can get this win and advance to the top 24, uh, I think it's going to be hard for them to compete at that level after. We are down to the last three teams that we will be ranking on this episode. In 25th, I have Lebanon. They are on their fourth World Cup appearance and they come from an impressive second place finish in the Asian Qualifiers Group E. Uh, that is a testament to how competitive they can be and the team led by the veteran guard Araki and they are boosted by the addition of the former NBA player Omar Spellman. Lebanon aims to compete for the Asian Olympic slot. So I think that they will end up finishing not high enough to come out of this competition with uh, locking that, uh, that Olympic slot. I have them beating Iron and the Ivory Coast. Like I said before, the games between those three teams have the potential to be highly competitive. They will be facing teams like Latvia, Canada and France against whom I don't favor them to win. But I think it is possible for them to, to aim to come out of this World Cup with two wins. And that's why they are my 2015. Yeah, uh, in my 25, I have uh, Ivory Coast. Uh, I think they're going to beat Iran in the in the group phase. And I think they can be competitive in the, in the top 24. Uh, I think if they had Matt Costello, maybe I would have them like in the upper tier. Uh, I think they can be competitive, but uh, it's just other teams uh, above them are just more talented. So I have them at 25. Yeah, for me with Ivory Coast, it's, uh, I think that their games with Iran and uh, the Lebanon will be competitive. They are lacking a top player, like you just mentioned, could be Cassell or the, could be Mobamba as well, another player that would be yeah. eligible to play for them. If they had a player like that, I will also be higher on them. Uh, I think they will be competitive. They will be they will fight for each game. I just think that their level of execution is not at the level that we will want them to be. Now we leave our bottom eight tier and we start looking at teams that uh, are competing for uh, Olympic slots and to try to to achieve the top sixteen. 
On 24th, I have Mexico. They are on their sixth World Cup appearance. They are led by the guards Paul Stuhl and Paco Cruz. They bring a combative spirit to this World Cup. Their backward brings speed and shooting into the game, but uh, they lack size against some opponents, missing key players like Juan Toscano Anderson and Jaime Zacas that could add to this team. They aim at a top 24 finish, fueled by the passion that uh, this team play with. I see them as favorites over Jordan and Egypt, while giving them a fighting chance against New Zealand. This gives them a top 20 ceiling while expecting them to finish on the top 24 and ranking them on the 24th place. What about you? Who do you have on 24? I have Lebanon. Uh, I think with, uh, with the addition of Omaris Spellman, uh, I think they can be a competitive team. Uh, again, I still have them in this bottom tier from 24 to 32, but uh, I do think they can be the best team out of these uh, nine teams. So I have them at 24. Their group is very hard, obviously, with Latvia, France, and Canada. So that's kind of unfortunate for them. But uh, I think uh, with, within the, that range of 24-32, I think they can be very competitive and they can come out on top. I believe we both agree that there is now a gap and we will be jumping into a, another tier of teams here. And we will finish this episode with the team that we both rank on the 23. Let's finish right there. And on 23, I have Japan. They are hosting, they are one of the hosting countries of this World Cup. Leveraging the home court advantage and the fan support will be key for this team. Despite missing players like Ruyashimura, they arrived to the tournament after ending the qualifiers in a hot streak. They ended with five consecutive wins. They are led by Yuta Watanabe and Kesei Tominaga. Japan emphasizes the defense and the transition play. Size is a concern for them. In a challenging group with Germany, Australia, and Finland, their goal is to fight for the Asiatic Olympic slot, while advancing to the top 16 is tough. They should have a top 24 finish, with me favoring them over Cape Verde and Venezuela. And it should come down to how that will compare with teams as China, Philippines, and Lebanon. Who do you have on your 23rd spot? In my 23rd, I have New Zealand. Uh, I think they, maybe I could, have, I could have had them a bit higher, but uh, I think this new tier is also close within each other. Uh, I have them at 23. Uh, I think they can be a competitive team. Uh, within their group, I expect them to beat Jordan and maybe be a bit competitive with Greece, even though I don't think they have enough to, to, to really have a chance at upsetting them. But uh, I do think... They can get a few wins on the second stage because in this tier of teams, again, it's so close. Uh, like you had Japan, I think New Zealand can beat them. I do have Japan a bit higher, but I think it's close between the two. So I, I have them 23, but, but it's very close between the teams that I'm going to say next. This takes us to the end of this episode. We will be bringing you our top 22 teams tomorrow and especially let you know who we expect to win the World Cup, who will be fighting for medals. So make sure to tune in tomorrow. Feel free to give us feedback. Please let us know why Diogo is wrong for not having Josh Giddy on his top 10. I'm obviously joking. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you guys don't miss any episodes. And follow us on Twitter at Itos EuroLeague. We will be covering everything that is happening on the, this FIBA competition and also on the EuroLeague next season. Join us and follow along. I will be seeing you guys soon. Bye, guys. See you on next episode.